0: Hey, everybody, this is Zach.
1: This is Norm.
0: Okay, hey, Norm. Norm from Howdy. Cheers. Howdy. What a coincidence. We're talking about a movie that you were in from the 80s called House.
1: I know, it's it's my greatest work, really. If anything I've done, it's the thing I'm most proud of. Like when anyone asks uh, Danny DeVito, what are you most proud of? And he's like, Batman 2. Like, I feel you, man. Does he
2: he say, like, yeah,
1: that's exactly what he said when he was asked. He said that's his his role he liked the most,
0: huh? Because, like, always sunny in Philadelphia is like what he's known for now, I think.
1: Yeah, but I think, like, the dramatic range that he was kind of allowed to do, the theatricality, Mm. uh, just kind of fits there. And how often is he like really, really the focus of a movie, you know? Um, that
0: is true he's normally like the disgusting side character <laughs> like yeah sunny
1: yeah and then in twins you know he's he's the vestige of leftover perfection so
0: yeah
1: <laughs> it's got to be tough
0: oh twins is such a weird movie uh,
1: that, there's a lot of great 80s movies that are weird
0: i love love the 80s movies um but, uh, yeah, do you, you want to talk about Mimi Me, me me's first? Um, yeah. And then we can talk about House with with Norm from Cheers. Yeah, and
1: uh, another friend from Cheers as well. Um, the tall guy, Richard Mall.
0: Richard Mall was on Friends?
1: No, Cheers. You just said Cheers. Are,
0: not Friends. Cheers. Yes. Yeah, he was the tall
1: guy. <laughs> he uh, had the, um, he did things. Pretty sure he was on there.
0: I had no idea. He was in Batman: The Animated Series. He did the voice of Harvey Dent.
1: Mm. Was he not in Cheers? I didn't grow up watching Cheers.
0: I don't. I don't see him. He may have had a guest star. Anyway, uh. <laughs> but uh, yeah did Did you want to go first, or did you want me to?
1: Um, you can go first.
0: Okay. um, so I just really have two things. um so oh, I guess I was thinking night
1: court, that's what it is.
0: Oh, night court. yeah, that makes sense. I think I've seen reruns of that with him and it now that you mention it. Yeah. um but uh yeah, one of my things is uh, I read the, well, they're actually both graphic novel related um Batman last night on earth night spelled like knights and dragons or whatever by um, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Um, It's so it's part of their black label line, which if anyone is unaware is kind of the more adult oriented DC lines.
1: I mean, Um, you could have just said the dark Knight. I mean, it's right there. Like we, you know, you're talking about Batman. So,
0: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's really weird. It's it's um, it's around the time they were doing the multiversity thing with uh, Grant Morrison and just kind of rebooting their universe, like they do every so often. Um, mm-hmm. like the whole story, and, and, like it's kind of related, but it's also kind of standalone because no one really references anything that happens in it anywhere else. Because <laughs> that's the nature of this line. Um, the thing with it is that batman wakes up in a uh probably centuries old abandoned lab um or or asylum rather um and walks around this nuclear wasteland with the joker's head and a specialized thing talking at him it's like a little sidekick as he kind of pieces together what happened and who he is and why he's there and who this head in a jar is
1: <laughs> i love it I love it. I love when they just let the writers, Hey, this is my pitch. Sure. Well, somebody, somebody's going to like it. (laughs) You do some weird shit with Batman. Someone's going to like it.
2: Well,
0: it's, it's, I like it for the same reason that I like, um, there's one I talked about a while ago called Wonder Woman. Um, I think dead earth. Uh, Mm -hmm. Um, and that it's like, it's an examination of, of, uh, just the terrible destruction that would come about if you just had meta humans just wandering around on the planet with like the power of gods at their disposal, like there would be large chunks of the world that were unpopulated because of their fist fights. Mm. You know? <laughs> um I don't know. I'm I'm a fan of, of those stories. I mean I, I like the Marvel stuff too, but I, I think I've always been more drawn to like DC's weird shit.
1: I don't know. Um, I don't know why the Cause you almost feel like you get alternate storylines and and whatnot with the Marvel universe, Mm -hmm. but with DC, they're really just willing to just let you go in like (laughs) a direction. Like you want to just like completely change like the universe and continuity and like have like this little slice of time, go for it, you know? And so I think that really allows people to sort of uh, writers, you know, and great artists to reinterpret the material. Yeah. so you can have like we can have characters like Wonder Woman that's like very sanitized like maybe even like uh, you know super frenzy like on a like a kids cartoon show and then you can also have like that run that I remember they were talking about doing um, with uh, that uh, that they did and now they're gonna be basing I think a series on within DC where it's I forget if it's called Hera or something like that. But it's like basically oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah. war, the war area of during that period of time of like, right. you know, these, um, these super powerful women's societies and then just like fighting and going through and it's like, wow, yeah. that's really cool. Like you just get to go way off like that. And you, you do get that. I mean, Marvel has like, uh, you know, we had that, um, that, uh, that Wolverine run where like, uh. You know, it's in the future. Everybody's that. And then, you know, you had Logan that took inspiration from that a little bit. Right. Um, so you do get that. But I feel like you just really get to rip things out of context and just uh, reinterpret the character. And DC's, I think, really good at that.
0: Yeah. DC just blows up their own universe a whole lot more than Marvel ever has. Like, I I don't think Marvel ever has, actually. Like, everything, like, it's, it's, it's on a sliding time scale. Right, so like yeah,
1: but they do do stuff like the what was it like the ultimate
0: line? I think reset it, and then twenty ninety nine is its own thing. But like they don't like just absolutely reboot their universes.
1: Well, they don't do it as often. That's for sure. Um, (laughs) DC DC has done
0: it like five times in my lifetime. I
1: think. (laughs) Yeah, DC is all about that reinvention, Um,
0: which I mean, I think it's a. An interesting way to get new readers in because you know you don't want to pick. I remember as a kid picking up, um, mm-hmm. like detective comics, and it's like issue number 453, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, Well, where's number one? It's like, Oh, you'll never read number one, son. <laughs> yeah, that's that's lost to the collector's faults at this point,
1: <laughs> yeah, especially with uh, with Batman, I think, in particular, yeah. like they uh. They're like, okay, you do whatever and somebody's gonna buy it. You know, you don't yeah, really get Bad a lot of Wolverine, crazy Superman like, stories.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, no, I, and and you know, I, I kind of stuck within the DC universe for my second thing, which is I read my library, got the last two um kind of storylines in of the Dark Knight Returns saga by Frank Miller. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, "Well, Frank Miller's a piece of shit, but I've never read these last two volumes, so I may as well check out the entire thing."
1: Yeah, um, I don't have to. I don't have to worry about contributing to his uh, his fund or anything like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm I'm definitely not um, buying them, right? Like, but uh, yeah, I don't know, I. <laughs> rereading dark Knight returns is weird because the last time i read it i was probably in high school Mm -hmm. um and as an adult now and having lived through trump's presumably first presidency who knows um Mm
2: -hmm.
0: (laughs) i'm reading it and i'm like why did people not have questions about frank miller and his beliefs in the 80s because like it's it's kind of obvious there. I mean, it's it's a li- definitely better hidden than in um holy terror, you know, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, yeah it's it's great because, like, oh, look, he's sort of lampooning and, uh, oh, he's kind of holding up a mirror to this. and is like, uh, yeah, I think he's like, yeah, he thinks some of this is cool. <laughs> he thinks some of this is really cool, and he kind of likes it.
0: He doesn't seem to have a problem with Superman being just this nu- walking nuclear weapon that can be just guided around. Like he seems to think that's pretty awesome if you read the story.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: um he's he's not really negatively commenting on that. Um So yeah, I I don't know. I don't really recommend anyone finish it. I I feel like it wasn't worth the time it took to reread dark knight returns to kind of Mm -hmm. get back into that world and like oh who's this okay all right okay well i guess we're just introducing new characters here and surprise they're a fascist yeah (laughs) i mean there there's an argument to be made that you know batman is a fascist superhero but
2: Mm -hmm.
0: i don't know i think all superheroes are kind of fascist in some regard (laughs) I don't know why we're singling Batman out, but um you know, I I can't really recommend it um especially given the author and what a slimy piece of shit he has become. It, it yeah. is. Um but yeah, I mean that's that's my me 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 for the, <laughs> this week I think is I read a bunch of comics and I kind of liked one set of them and I kind of really didn't like the other set.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, not to go too far with the fascism thing, but I think any, any superhero uh, that exerts their will, power, and influence and in like, I mean, Batman basically rules Gotham. You know, he's not yeah. an elected leader.
2: No. Uh,
1: and if he doesn't think you do something right, he's going to at least knock you out. Yeah, if not, you know, worse. And oh, yeah, no,
0: Batman is is. I don't know if you've seen the the new movie with Robert Pattinson, but I think he does a fantastic portrayal of just a creepy weirdo that beats the shit out of people for no reason.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you have to really think. I mean, it's not it's not something. I would probably see and it's not a story that I'm familiar has been told um and it doesn't really fit the character of like the world's greatest detective yeah but what if batman just makes like a really big mistake um like he just misreads a situation and he just like beats the shit out of someone and he just didn't understand exactly what was going on um i mean that would be that'd be huge because of all the power and influence he has
0: they kind of play with that there's another black label comic i think called the imposter that kind of plays with that
2: mm-hmm.
0: but the thrust behind that is not batman making the mistakes it's a guy that dresses exactly like batman mm-hmm. but he just has a lot of guns
2: <laughs> and, <shoots people. laughs>
0: and he kind of fucks up here and there as you'd yeah. expect
1: um yeah, so they, like they
0: kind of touch on that but it's not specifically with batman being the one yeah. that, that misreads the situation
1: <laughs> yeah you'd get you'd get people up in arms about the story because they'd be like world's greatest detective uh, okay i mean i get that yeah. it's Still still interesting idea to play with yeah um and then superman uh i mean the only issue is is if we combined if you combined superman's and batman uh you you definitely would have a potential autocrat on your hands um all the ability and capacity that superman has yeah uh oh it's
0: like the the kingdom come um graphic novel Mm -hmm. have you ever read that
1: Mm
2: -mm.
0: so it's um you know it's commentary on the superhero the anti-heroes of the 90s comics scene Mm um because I want to say it came out in like '96 or so, um, but it's beautifully illustrated um, by Alex Ross. But
1: oh yeah, he the yeah, yeah like
0: like Superman has gone into retirement. He's working on a recreation of his farm in Kansas, but in his Fortress of Solitude. And Batman has just gone full fucking authoritarian, like he has drones take care of of gotham in his place because bane like in the storyline bane has broken his back and so like bruce bruce wayne is walking around with like a back brace and like a a neck um like traction unit type Mm -hmm. thing um i forget where i where i was going with that oh but yeah no the um in that comic line yeah like they they fast forward like 20 years in the character's futures because you know there's these new superheroes that are causing more destruction than the help that they're intending to create to to provide um and yeah they they have batman as just an absolute fascist which is kind of an interesting take too um
1: yeah i just remember reading that elseworld's one-off where they mix up batman and superman together and, um, you know, the first time that, uh, Bruce loses his parents, he just ends up like vaporizing with his, uh, laser vision, the guy who did it. And then it just goes on from there. Cause it's like, <laughs> now you have a fucked up Superman. Yeah. And, uh, eventually he kind of, you know, turns it around a little bit and stops murdering people. Yeah.
0: It's kind of like that Brightburn movie. I kind of want to.
1: Yeah, I, I never I never had a chance to watch that, I don't think. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm.
0: I will I will notate that. Maybe that will be a future episode. Who knows? I'll do some yeah. scouting.
1: <laughs> yeah, we could do... Um, gosh, I'm waiting on the next season of um, The Boys. What a great oh, yeah? show. Yeah, such a great show.
0: I've heard really good things. It seems like the type of show that I would want to wait until all of it's over to watch but you every know, like, season I, has
1: like a good end like it doesn't oh, have uh, like, it a does not like a cliffhanger it a lead in to the next N- one it leads in but not in a way that they're like oh we obviously don't you know know what's happening here like one of the leads in lead-ins for the last series yeah I'm trying to think i think it's one of the last episodes um I don't, I don't, you're not really a spoiler kind of person but uh yeah the the episode sort of ends with uh, homelander who is basically like uh, a narcissist superman. superman. He's yeah, like a yeah. narcissist superman. Um, yeah. um, he's not really a Nazi. Um, even his girlfriend who is like, I forget what her name is. Her name uh, is like
0: the stormer,
2: right?
1: Yeah. She's, she's <laughs> an actual Nazi <laughs> yeah. from, you know, Nazi times. And, uh, you know, has just lived an extra long life. She's an actual Nazi. Um and he just likes that uh, she views him as an ideal, you know, with blue hair,
2: mm. uh,
1: you know, blue eyes, blonde hair, and just being, you know, the the greatest shit. Um, but uh, he's actually kind of disturbed, uh, at least in the portrayal for the show, like her her particular views, because he's just like mm, I don't know about that. Um, he's more about himself rather than any other like particular ideology. Mm. Um, See, Homelander's played really well in that show. But in any case, there's like one episode. and I think it's the one of the last episodes in the season, if not the last, uh, where Homelander reaches like this, uh, uh, this uh, realization. Uh, what do they call that? Um, uh, an epiphany. And his epiphany ends up with him on the top of a building uh, masturbating into like the sky (laughs) because he's just like, it's me, yes. (laughs) Um, And it's just like, it's the perfect ending. Cause it really for him, it's like uh, you know, he's so used to hiding that side of himself. yeah, Um, And for here, just like being on show and display is like so liberating for him. Um, So that's a great show. I definitely, the first season really kicks up and then i just i just kept on watching the rest Yeah, um, it's just done so well
0: is it because i've read a few issues of the comic i know in the comic he lives on the moon and like is fed babies daily
1: no they don't, they don't do any do that of that in the show, okay no <laughs> they do not do that in the show that's
0: one of the things is that like his public persona is like superman but then like on his base on the moon it's like they feed him live babies because he's an alien and that's what they
1: eat no <laughs> no definitely not he's a human in the uh in the series oh
0: okay gotcha,
1: gotcha.
0: yeah i yeah, remember no, hearing
1: I, I about baby eating in space i'll have to look look that up um just looking up like the, the backstory from the comics
0: i think let's see homelander eats babies.
1: yeah make sure to preface that with homelander it's gonna get a watch list let's see how much is it to eat babies in space <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah no yeah it, it is homelander it is okay it's that's, that's being fed the babies yeah
1: yeah so weird um yeah that's the I think they took the material from the show and or from the the source material and uh kind of uh narrowed it in um, I think the comics the comics go hard for some things particularly but they try to they try to keep some of that extra thread stuff so they kind of trim that down and then focus yeah. in on what they have
0: i mean it's it is based on a comic by garth ennis
1: mm-hmm.
0: um i mean i i like garth ennis but i know he's not to everyone's taste he he is um i can see why they would make changes i'll put it that way yeah like, there's like a they've, they've had preacher on the air and like mm-hmm. they kept arseface um yeah. in it um but I would be surprised if they had the depiction of God that is in the comic. Line. Um, no, mm-hmm. but I mean, I, I never finished the show, but, um, yeah, like, you know, God shows up at one point and he's just this blind, um, in their word retard, right? Because it was mm-hmm. in, the, in, in 96 or so, um, just endlessly masturbating into the cosmos.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Um, So, like, that's the type of guy Garth Ennis is. So I can definitely see whenever there's a a show or a movie that comes out that's based on something he wrote, it's significantly Mm -hmm. different.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, people just want to play with his toys. Um, But, uh, I mean, yeah, there's like... He's kind of like Mark
0: Millar, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. For me, there's like a violent Beavis and Butthead vibe to his work. Yeah, Like, there's just like an in-your-face... Uh, it's edgelord. It's, it's yeah. like being
0: a, a posturing edgelord
1: <laughs> and you want to push, push the envelope and then you open the envelope and you show people what's in there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you don't let up, you just keep on pushing. Like, yeah, it's kind of like you're, you're this far away and then you're like two inches away from the thing. <laughs> you're right here and you're going to experience it. You're going to feel the heat on your face.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> So, yeah, the show's great. Um, definitely recommend that.
0: Awesome. Well, yeah, d- um, did did you have any other things for Mimi me, me, Uh.
1: Yeah. What are we doing? Um, well, uh, I watched the last Super Mario movie, and I saw it with my eyeballs, and then when it was done, I... I exited the theater, and yeah, that's about it. Uh, I know a lot of people (laughs) liked it, which is cool. People can like things. Um, I think I was expecting kind of like, um, sort of like a Wreck It Ralph kind of thing. Yeah, where it's sort of tongue in cheek, but still kind of serves stuff up for adults.
0: The 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 pitch that I heard originally
1: is yeah, but. It's not really. It's not really. Because it, it's kind of like a lot of the human Wreck-It Ralph hits for the kids and the adults. Yeah. And for the stuff for the adults, like the kids might not notice. Yeah. Um, but uh, here, I mean, they have a little bit of stuff like that. But it just seemed really by the numbers and very safe. Like Nintendo, I think just really for their first outing, just wanted it really, really safe. Um, and they achieved that and i did like some stuff but i think i think my expectations were just too high um which is partially just on me so if people enjoy well, it i mean that's fine it's it's, it's
0: like um kind of like we in 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 our previous episode where we were talking about super mario brothers uh the i'm going to guess the better <laughs> the two they were very hands-off in the the um the one from the '90s, and I think they saw what that got them. Yeah, and so I can imagine this one; they were very particular about how, how certain things were done and portrayed, and mm. very much more um, micromanaging.
1: Yeah, involved <laughs> in everything. Would.
0: Illumination, I think that that's yeah, the, it was
1: Illumination, and I I haven't yeah. really I don't I'm not sure if I've seen Minions or any of the other movies that have come out. I've seen a little bit of them um, and I can't tell between um, some of the other film companies, uh, you know, if they produce like a particular thing as opposed to something else, uh, another production company. Uh, the, the visuals were really great and, and you know, uh, interesting. Um, like when they zone in on like Bowser, like you get a lot of really great texture from like a turtle so, like, technically, uh, they really delivered in that respect, and there's some interesting bits, but it's it's just a very, um, I don't know, very familiar very story. Yeah, very safe. Um, I actually, I probably enjoyed the first Sonic movie more, um, even though that has that has less to do with the game.
0: You're not, you not the know? first person I've heard to say that. Is it like? Yeah. Because I mean, you know, the the game adaptations almost always suck because it's very difficult to go from one type of medium to a mm-hmm. very different type of medium mm-hmm. um, that involves zero control over the story. So, yeah. I, you know, it's it's not surprising when a video game movie comes out and it's not quite what you were expecting.
1: Yeah, it wasn't bad. I think I was just uh, just expecting a little bit more of, like, uh, kind of that wide range, like, they're trying to get a bigger audience, but they really, I think, nailed it home for the kids, and there's there's a little bit stuff for adults, but it's just yeah, very safe, was, and that's fine. I
0: was listening to a, a review of it um, when it came out, and the, the hosts of that particular show were, were saying that, like, a lot of it just felt like... Um, like, it... it it felt like an ad for t- for children that was ninety minutes long, and for the adults in the audience. Rather than providing any sort of like jokes or engagement, it was like all like member berries type stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you remember when when you were a kid and you played Super Mario World? Here's a turtle from that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> here's here's a look at the the Yoshi's, and then we're gonna end the film uh, with one of the after scenes of a Yoshi egg that's cracking and it's on the, it's on the human side, which I guess is the surprise, but we, they already showed us like a huge, like troop of them, like near like a water section, which is kind of like one of the, I think one of the cut scene animations from like smash brothers, yeah. like Yoshi gets introduced, like you see a bunch of them like running across a field,
2: kind of like a Jurassic
1: park sort of thing.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, And so, you know, it might've been a callback to that. So you see a lot of that and that's fine. But, um, I guess for someone who, you know, I played Odyssey, um, you know, I've played some of the other games recently on my wife, with my wife and, um, Nintendo switch online some of the older ones. Um, kind of like two player, like I, I don't really need to remember Barry. Like I still actively engage with the material. Um, So that just didn't have as much value as maybe, um, you know, someone who hasn't met with the material in a while. And yeah, yeah, I don't think it's, uh, it's bad. I think it's just really, you know, just really, really safe. I think they wanted to play it and I, I totally get that it's their property. And even when they play it safe with other things, like they do venture out. So Um, Like, you could have, like, a Super Mario Brothers U, uh, you know, that 2D uh, side-scrolling game that came on the Wii U, Mm -hmm. and that's very, like, 2D, really great game, um, but, you know, isn't, like, a 3D platformer where they're trying to, like, push things, like, far afield. And then, you know, they come up with, like, Super Mario Odyssey, which was really, like, a breath of fresh air, um, and, like, shows that they are comfortable with pushing it. They just, they do it strategically. You know, they don't, uh, they don't try to swing for the fences every strike, um, with properties that they know and kind of craft and, um, you know, have people really work on they um, they'll take chances. Um, but they're very strategic chances in that, um, they, um, they really make sure they get it right, you know, usually for the stuff they take, you know, big swings on. So, um, I'm, I have no doubt that there'll be probably something out that they make that'll be a little more interesting for me. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I hope that it does get sequels. Like I, I hate it when, well, I mean, it's Oh, I've made it's so like, much money. It, it, it like it's... they're, they're going to do sequels, but like, I, I hate it when you see a movie come out and it's like, Oh, there's so much potential. It just didn't quite do enough money for for you to do another one, like the um, the the Tomb Raider movie with um, Alicia Vikander that came out mm-hmm. um, maybe six years ago ish, mm-hmm. um, and the Uncharted movie were mm-hmm. both. I feel like decent standalone movies, like mm-hmm. regardless of what they're they're adapting. Um, mm-hmm. But like they just didn't quite make enough money for them to want to do anything else with it,
2: even yeah, though it's a the... rich
0: world that they've built and and can continue forward with. I mean, if we're having five Indiana Jones movies, I feel like we could have like two or three Uncharted movies, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uncharted movie. Um. Uh, I'm gonna have to disagree there, as far as any kind of quality there. But uh <laughs> the Vicander one, I thought that was actually that was fun. Um yeah. I enjoyed what I saw there and um you know it stayed uh pretty in line with you know the re- reboot of the franchise that they did yeah. within the gaming uh sphere. Um got a little weird at the end, but it it still it showed a lot of promise. Um Yeah,
0: I think part of that is that like the the game is itself feels maybe six or so hours too long and it's like yeah i can see why they ended it here <laughs> they mm-hmm. didn't continue past this point
1: <laughs> yeah i remember uh my wife has played the uh one of those two i think the the initial reboot of the um the, the series on that the game yeah, yeah yeah and um it was fun to watch uh you know, these yeah. days i um i don't get to play a lot on the yeah. playstation
0: well i i really like the first one the of the three that they did with the reboot i think the second one is probably my favorite Mm. um third is probably least favorite because it's so much like like in the second one they they introduce um a little bit more robust crafting elements and so Mm. the third one they're like oh people like that well we're going to do all that now
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's like,
0: okay, that's not, that, that's, that's too much.
1: <laughs> but she, she takes a breath and you have to craft the oxygen molecules as they come in <laughs> in order to keep her breathing.
0: Right.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Really, really heavy, intense resource management always, always kind of gets me. Um, like it, if it, it feels, it feels like work, like it feels like what I have to do now. Um, with work so when it gets too involved with that i'm just like ah no i'm gonna i'm gonna go play something else to
0: do this i'm gonna play something entirely
2: different like
1: (laughs) you know and i guess there's a space for that you know some people really like optimizing things um just for the sake of like doing it and like that puzzle aspect of it yeah um i think i'm embracing that a little more as i get as i get older um Oh, we'll see. Um, I finished um, It Takes Two with my wife. Um, oh, how,
0: how is that? I've heard such a varying great game. things of that.
1: Such a great game. Um, the it's, it's really great playing with someone else. Um, I'd say you probably wouldn't need to... They probably wouldn't need to be like an expert top-level player. Like, they, if they have some familiarity with, like, platformers, hmm. I think they could make it through. Um, my wife is, you know, very seasoned as far as, like, platforming a games. So uh, we had a great time. It has a very forgiving um, save point restart cycle. So, like, if you're in the middle of a boss fight, you die. You're just going to keep on going because they want you to get to the end of the game. Yeah. And... Um, the story's fine. You know, it's engaging about, you know, a couple that has some distance, um, and, uh, you know, are trying to bridge that distance. It's unintentionally funny in some situations, the, uh, the daughter, the model they have for the daughter, she's just got these, these like Will Smith 90 ears that are just like hang out on the side of her head. Um, and whenever she's talking, she has just, uh, her mother is, uh, british um from what i understand uh as far as her accent and so her daughter has a little bit of that accent but her father is you know seems to be american doesn't have anything so she has kind of this weird sort of half accent the daughter uh, does or at least that's how they they voice played her so whenever she's saying things it feels whenever she's acting things through uh for what her portrayed age is it seems almost like she has like a disassociation with reality um huh. like and i don't know if that's just how they play her or it's part of the make-believe aspect but every time
0: that's kind of weird <laughs>
1: they go through with her i'm like this i think this child needs counseling like <laughs> yeah. i think she's like her parents that you know the premise of her parents is they for her vision her parents pass out right in separate places right. yeah. and they won't wake up um and then she thinks she did it uh but then she goes and like talks to them and like leaves things for them there like oh this is like your favorite you know record i found it um and like she'll go and talk to them sort of passed out and then at the end of the the game like she decides it's her fault and it's her fault they're gonna break up uh or they're having issues and so she just leaves and just like walks to like the bus stop. Um, and she's old enough to do this, right? But it's also yeah. like, she seems like she should be old enough to reason through that. Like um, she's she has this level of like autonomy and like reasoning, but it's also like she's more regressed mentally than what she seems to be physically. Huh. Like she looks like, I don't know how old she is, like 10 or 11, something like that. Right. But she seems to have like a mental capacity of like a 7-year-old or like an 8-year-old. Huh. So whenever she comes on, she's just kind of I found her off-putting. I play horror games and I don't know why I found this little girl <laughs> off-putting. Um, but she's just weird. Um but the game's great. Uh they do really cool stuff with the platforming design and they they have a really fun mechanic where the characters kind of get situationally certain like power-ups and abilities depending yeah. on the environment that they're in uh, and so there's a little bit of a learning curve every time you change environment and their power-ups change and they are kind of structured a little bit differently uh, right. but there's also a ton of callbacks to just different kinds of games like there's a section where it's it's basically like a dungeon crawler um and you're going through like an area and you have like magical abilities cuz you're in like this magical kingdom so Hannah and I had like phase powers and like lasers and stuff like that kind of like you'd have with mages <laughs> and it's just so freaking cool yeah um and I was like I'd play a whole game of this um and there I mean those are obviously out there but um so yeah highly highly recommend that uh i think i think i probably bought that but there's um definitely going to be sales for it so if you have a spouse that likes to play games um you know go for it as long as you guys are just willing to have to redo sections and things like that but again it was really forgiving as i felt like they just wanted you to get to the end imaginative um you know, you have a section where you're uh, infiltrating like a tree with like these squirrels that are doing battle with bees, um, right. and at the end you have to fight this mechanized, um, this mechanized giant bee that was initially sent as like a Trojan horse by the the squirrels, and so it's just fun. Yeah, I, I loved it so.
0: Yeah, it's always good when you can find something that you can play with your spouse that isn't going to cause, you know, a horrendous argument.
1: (laughs) There's definitely navigation and that's the thing too. Like if you don't have good communication skills with your spouse, uh, and like teamwork abilities, um, yeah, I could see you guys just kind of rage quitting or getting into a fight or whatever. Um, but the game's forgiving enough that you really shouldn't get there unless you need some couples counseling, potentially. Um, <laughs> or you guys just shouldn't play games together, one of the two. Um,
0: yeah. <laughs> I have known couples before that it's just like, are you guys sure that you, like, I don't know, enjoy being around each other? Because you're saying some pretty vicious things to each other right I now.
1: mean, yeah. <laughs> just, uh, like, every, every other... Uh, a sentence is just meant to cut deep and it's like, damn, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's very, if I was him, I'd be
1: bleeding out right here. I would be <laughs> bleeding out on the floor. <laughs> if I was cut that deep that often, that fast.
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: so yeah, a lot of fun yeah. heavily recommend.
0: Yeah. Our situation is that I, neither one of us enjoy playing the same types of games, largely like, mm-hmm. uh, I think racing games is where we kind of converge in interest, but I like very slow paced um, RPGs.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, well, I think we cross over in our love of fighting games because they're, they're just generally dumb and, <laughs> and flashy. Too much in, yeah, flashy. Yeah. Flashy, not too much invested in it.
1: Like you're not. Gonna so to what's fight. really great with that. Uh, speaking of fighting games, Street Fighter 6 is coming out. And they have a modern controls mode. I don't know if you've looked into it at all, but it's basically like a three button mode. And Um, if you press it, it's, it's AI assisted. And I use AI in quotes, but if you, if you press, like there's normal attacks, Mm -hmm. uh, then there's the other button. And if you press that one, you get access to like special attacks or potentially heavier attacks. And then you press one, it's like special attacks. So situationally, Depending on you know how much meter you have or the situation, it'll assist you with doing certain attacks. So like you'll get to do specials oh. even if you don't know how to do the specials motion.
2: Nice.
1: Um, and so I think that was their bone to like throw, you know, people that you know maybe aren't so technically sort of proficient. Yeah. Um, Aka me. <laughs> yeah. So it's definitely has mush you know button meshing uh, sort of built into it, which I thought was. Kind of cute because it's not the only control scheme. Like you yeah. can use, you know, the yeah, regular one. you were one. telling me that
0: they, they've built in a lot of, like Capcom has, has seemingly put more resources into like accessibility for this
1: one. Yeah, yeah. Than they have um, previous games. And that's, you know, that's always a, a plus. And another thing too, the, the modern control thing that I mentioned, I think is only on like local machine like you can't play oh, okay you can't i don't think anymore. you can play modern controls competitively against other people but ah. i i haven't looked deeply into it i just remember hearing that so. that's
0: a neat feature because yeah like i don't play street fighter very often
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so like i do not know how to do a Hadouken. Mm-hmm. i'm assuming it's quarter circle back and
1: uh a punch it's button. Qu- no it's just quarter circle forward and then a punch button oh okay yeah, I think depending on the game, quarter circle back would give you like that spinjuku, whatever it's called. His oh, kick okay, thing. gotcha. Yeah,
0: yeah um, and the the character creator you you showed me, I think was was uh, out of this world. I can make all the yeah the weird looking dudes that I want. Horrors,
1: absolutely <laughs> horrifying things. <laughs> I'm reminded of uh, that scene in Deadpool when. First takes his mask off to weasel and he's like you're horrifying
2: like,
1: <laughs> he's like chewing into him now you can make some real some more horror uh creations and i played resident evil 4 uh the remake fantastic so good so good um i think they did a lot of like uh good in that uh, they fix some of the stuff that obviously annoyed people over time. Like Ashley is yeah. much better well written um, and she isn't as annoying and she's she's a lot easier to take care of. She doesn't have a health meter. She just has like a, a downed feature. So if she yeah. gets hurt she goes down and then you gotta come and like heal her like you would, would in any other you know multiplayer game. Um, right. But it doesn't cost resources to heal her. But if she gets hit while she's down, you know, with something deadly, you know, she'll die. Um, Or if, you know, you hit her, you know, you sniper shot her accidentally. Um, But uh, yeah, great. They, you know, you don't have, I think there's like one quick time event that doesn't really do anything if you miss it. Um, Because I I missed it, I'm pretty sure. Um, It's an early boulder falling scene that ends up not being a boulder. Um, but they kept a lot of the charm of the game while still sort of, you don't have that, uh, cheesy back and forth between Leon and, uh, Salazar, uh, where he's like calling you on the radio and stuff. You don't have any of that. Yeah. I've heard they've
0: taken some of the cheese out of Salazar.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Salazar is definitely a lot less cheesy. Um, which you know i think the the original cheese has its place and value and you can still go play that yeah play the game if you really want that um yeah even having played the game before you know a couple times the original um uh, they still have surprises um the game looks great it looked great on uh on playing it on ps5 and i think from what i've it looks even better on pc if you're if your system is just like a giant beast, um, <laughs> and yeah, I can heartily recommend that as well. They've been, um, you yeah, much better outing. Look than, at you uh,
0: doing stuff worse. this week,
1: <laughs> this week. No dude, this is like the past, like four months.
2: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I played that game. Um, you know, within a couple of days, uh, my wife was really nice and, um, took care of the baby a little bit extra while I nice. uh, tried to finish the game out. So, but yeah, I think, uh, I've covered enough stuff.
0: Okay. Well, yeah, let's, uh, let's get into it then. Um, so house from
1: 19. Buddha, 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 That's the beginning, uh, intro theme song.
0: It's the, yeah. So Three million dollar budget, twenty two point one million dollar box office, and it has a Rotten Tomato score of fifty seven. Now, travesty. I don't know why it's so high.
1: <laughs> what? So high? So low? Get the fuck out of here! This movie is a classic. And if and if you don't, so if you don't like this, it, you don't get it. You don't when get I was it.
0: watching this, I mm-hmm. I see after it's it's over. I see the the merit to it. But when I was watching it, my wife was coming in and out of the the living room and she's like, "Are you watching House?" And I go, "Yeah, this is mm-hmm. what
2: we're
1: talking
0: about for uh, for the podcast." Yes. And she goes, "Is this Richard's Revenge for you making him watch the D&D?" Movie?
1: No, the D&D movie is trash. Is <laughs> trash that has no value except in your little heart cuz you're a trash panda and it's like your little toy you get to hold in love that nobody yeah. else loves. And so that makes you love it more because you want to keep it safe and protected. I do. This this movie is just great. Um, so good. Now the thing about this movie, especially in tone that you, you'll miss it. If you think this is a horror movie, it's not, it's yeah. a comedy with horror elements. Well, and that's um, the
0: thing is that like it, it took me the first, probably 20 minutes mm-hmm. before I was like, Oh, no, they're in on the joke. Okay, because yes. because when, when I first started it, I see, um, you know, a Sean S. Cunningham production in that first person view moving through the house. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, well, Sean Cunningham did Friday the 13th. This is a Friday the 13th shot. Like, this is obviously mm-hmm. a horror movie. And so, yeah, yeah like but like, minutes in, I'm like, oh, no, I get it. Okay, they they are aware.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. Well, they <laughs> um, did uh, the two and three. Right, I think that was the uh, the spread there. What was it? Uh, let me see, because I was well, taking so, notes too.
0: So the um the the story by credit on this is the writer director of Night of the Creeps, which is another horror comedy, and Monster
1: um, Squad, and Monster yeah.
0: Squad, which is yeah. another horror comedy that I'm surprised we haven't talked about. I mean, it's aged terribly. There's a lot of i I don't know if i could recommend it to a modern audience if you haven't already seen it but uh yeah fred decker uh did that he also wrote and directed robocop 3 with uh frank miller um and then co-wrote the predator with shane black uh the the 2018 one um yeah he's got a lot of like uncredited um script rewrites um mm-hmm. like punch-ups and polishes and things like like he did uh polishes on demolition man lethal weapon 4 and titan ae
1: okay not the creeps as a creep size as tom atkins of uh yeah it is
0: everyone's favorite halloween three dad
1: oh my god <laughs> halloween three uh is is definitely now see that movie is comedic, but it's taking itself seriously, yeah. mostly, mostly in there. Whereas like, if you watch this movie and you don't view it as like a comedy with like tension, because it has legitimate like tension bits, which we can cover that are actually like real meaty, um, which if you're going to have a horror comedy, it's good to have that balance. But it's, you know, everybody's, everybody's in on the joke, like all the characters, Yeah, you know? So no, you really just say- have to approach it that way
0: this, this is, um, like the, the amount of effort and work that they put into this, I'm surprised it was only $3 million. Like I, I know it was Mm -hmm. 1985, $3 million, but like, so they shot in a house, like, like that, that house is, is a real house. It's not on a set, but then Mm -hmm. they recreated the interior of the house Mm -hmm. on a soundstage so that they could do the puppetry with the practically made puppets. Like, the, the war demon that comes out of the closet, um, mm-hmm. I was reading, was, like, 18 feet and operated by, like, like between 10 and 20 people. I forget the exact... N- I didn't write down the exact number, but mm-hmm. um, but between 10 and 20 people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, like, there, there was a lot of effort put into this movie. Um,
2: yeah.
0: Now, I will say it is fairly dated. Like, so... Mm-hmm when i was watching it I, I it's on prime right now um i don't know why but the skip ahead feature was not working and this movie is paced like an older movie so like oh yeah i turned it
1: off i told them to turn it off for you they'll uh, i requested well, like, that on your account i said make this fucker watch the whole thing
0: well so like like there are scenes like uh you know, he'll be in a room for 10 minutes scrambling around Mm -hmm. looking for a weapon. And it's like, well, I know what's going to happen because he's not going to find a weapon and he's going to get jump scared by something. Let me get to what happens there. No, thank you. Watch
1: it. Thank God. 10 minutes. Thank you. Prime. You took my request.
0: Like I couldn't skip forward or move backwards. And so I was just like, well, looks like I'm just stuck here watching this movie with no pause either. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Better keep your eyes open, bitch.
0: I don't know what was wrong with the with the app. It it legitimately would not um let me do anything without turning the television off. But when I turned it back on, it it had just paused, and anything I did to the remote would make it start playing again. But there was Mm nothing I could do to control it. So yeah, the TV was haunted with House.
1: If I had Um, to watch every minute of that D and D movie, you better watch every (laughs) minute of House. Get the fuck out of here
0: um so yeah like it it is paced like an older movie um the uh cameo by george went i don't know where he was in his career at this point because i think cheers was out by now right
1: i would i would Um, think so
0: let's see oh my god in this movie would you care to take a guess how old he was in real life
1: uh no. He was 39.
0: He no, he was 37. Okay. <laughs> he is he is younger than me <laughs> in yeah. this movie and he looks a li- like way older than that, I think.
1: Um Yeah. He, but let that Cheers life.
0: Yeah, no, like Ch- Cheers had been on the air for 4 years, so it was like mm-hmm. popping along. Um he was also in Fletch man this guy he was in dreamscape Wow George went has had a varied career um, mm-hmm. but yeah no he's he's uh, so so I guess we should talk about the so in the movie there's a there's a uh, the 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 main characters an author who um, whose son disappeared and caused a divorce um, which caused a divorce, um, which you know, as you'd expect, I would think. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Simultaneously, his aunt has died, and he has been left this house that is haunted. Um, and George Went plays his his uh, neighbor. Now, when William Katz character, Roger Cobb, the the author, um, mm-hmm. his aunt kills herself because of these ghosts right or maybe the ghosts kill her who knows but when he first is introduced by his neighbor his neighbor is like i love the the like vile things he's saying and he's like yeah no this crazy old bitch that lived here real fucking hag right and he's like yeah that was my aunt he's like couldn't have been a sweeter lady Just <laughs> saint of a person
1: <laughs> art of gold
0: art of yeah, gold
1: yeah the turn and that's the comedy bit like they're hitting <laughs> Like they hit on that and then within the horror you get a little bit of comedy like tinged in there's a lot of feel of like an Evil Dead uh, kind of vibe for me but much slower because it's not a Sam Raimi lens which is like you know zooming and like moving and being very dynamic
0: well like it's Um, funny I had some when I was watching this through the lens of a horror movie I was like wait a minute (laughs) because so the story we're introduced to Roger Cobb as uh like at a book signing where he's mm-hmm. clearly a very famous author right mm-hmm. and having yeah. to deal with these weirdos that he's signing books for to make his living
1: he's like who are these weirdos yeah and the, his agent's like these are your biggest fans
0: <laughs> so then they're talking and he's been trying to write for four years this this war memorial Mm
2: -hmm.
0: um or his his experience in vietnam is like a memoir Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and i'm like wait a minute he hasn't written a book in four years okay all right then we see him walk home and rather than like i assume he's at like a stephen king level where he's like very well off yeah but he goes to like it looks like an apartment Mm -hmm. like (laughs) he's He's living in an apartment, and he opens up his computer to write his book, and he's only got the title in his byline <laughs> after four years. It's like, man, I don't know if this book is going to come
1: out. <laughs> you, you, uh, you might need to start writing another book, man.
0: You you might need to focus on some other projects, my dude. Um, yeah, But yeah, there, there are also some very, uh, which, I mean, this is... I, this this happens in Friday the 13th movies, so it's not surprising that it's in a Cunningham um, production mm. there are some very jarring edits that it's like wait where are we now where we get the flashbacks of him being married to this woman and their kid just kind of disappearing into the house right um, yeah like I mean it's clearly a flashback but it's just it's so jarringly cut in that it's like did did they transfer a reel out
2: of, <laughs> out of scene? Yeah.
1: No, I think um, they do that a lot too. Like visually they cut and like pan and like reframe. Yeah, The scene just gets reset. Um, right. Like even between uh, like a scene where he's talking with his hot female neighbor, like they, they cut and pan on the two of them. So it's like, we see her face and then we flash back to him. And so it's yeah. like quick alternates. Um, yeah. They,
0: they, they break the, um, 180 rule 180 degree rule
1: Um, yeah and they'll just show like a new scene and you just have to kind of it's a little disorienting and i I noticed that too there's a lot of um there's a lot of opening of closets and like doors but closets particularly yeah or like doors too and like the expectation is you know is this just a normal door like am i opening like a normal cavity to like see because like his uh medicine cabinet has the same thing. You know, it has a time where it's normal and then it's really not normal. And then the closet, he opens a closet door and it's normal. And now it's really not normal. So that disjunction between like normal and not normal, um, I think it feels like part of the visual language uh, for the film. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I I also love um, in this movie, his interaction with his neighbor. Um, i'm saving all oh this for the end like i, I want to talk oh, about great. the things that aren't horror because this is not mm-hmm. a horror movie um, Yeah. so his his hot neighbor is jogging through and this is when we're introduced to george Went, who's like oh my god there's so much to say
1: about the hot neighbor Go ahead. out
0: of out of he, he pokes his head out of the bushes like a creep and he's just like she's hot right
1: yeah
0: <laughs> um but his hot neighbor um swims in his pool while he's Mm -hmm. trying to bury a dismembered ghost corpse that he has just killed upstairs Mm -hmm. um without her noticing and he so he tells her like oh it's saplings or whatever hey why are you in this like high-waisted hot ass swimsuit like in Mm -hmm. my pool and she's Mm -hmm. like flirting with him or whatnot she's just like um oh yeah i appreciate a man who knows how to work But I love one that knows how to play or something like that.
1: Yeah, it's something really innuendo heavy. And so like in that scene, that ghost corpse, the ghost corpse, like mealy, disgusting, like fat, juicy hand. So good. The practical (laughs) there is just mm, chef's kiss on the practical (laughs) effects. There's so many great practical effects in this movie. Um, But what really the horrifying bit is like this this hand is like moving and mealy. And then she has like her painted toes. And to me, her painted toes are more disturbing to me than this big mealy like ghost hand.
0: They're not done well, right? That looks like someone just like,
1: (laughs) it's not just, it's almost not even the not done well, but it's like, uh, like the audacity of her, like showing up and like in his pool and like moving forward and like really pressing within this ghost world situation. And I think this is intentional too. This is part of the humor aspect you have this ghost creature that is like moving and quivering and that's weird right but the weirdest thing in this shot is this woman and how she's behaving she's the weird one like she's the one that's actually like off like she doesn't quite make sense in like what she's doing uh in like her whole like meter and pattern it comes off as like at least for me, more jarring and weird. And then it kind of sets up some funny tension there in that scene. Then even like this creature that he's killed.
0: Right. Yeah, no, well, and and um, the, the interaction, she's not in the movie very much. Like, she shows up later out of nowhere while he's been like uh, attacked more times by more ghosts. And mm-hmm. It turns out what she meant by play was, can you play with my two-year-old son <laughs> while I go out on a date, right? Yeah. Um, And I would be very concerned. Like, I'm not a parent, but I would be very concerned if I had a two-year-old taken to a strange dude's house that he mm. chases out of the room, takes to the bathroom, and then flushes. and
1: <laughs> The boy comes out <laughs> crying like yeah, he comes the, out of the, the kid bathroom is crying <laughs> cuz crying. <laughs> he's
0: pulled this disembodied hand off the back of him um the and that's, other that's thing the about... real
1: horror again the real horror is is again uh, as a parent uh her behavior you're just like wow no this is not how this situation should go
0: yeah uh, well and also when when she's picking up her son after her date i love mm-hmm. that she is just very evidently come back from like a fuck session like yeah. her hair is all like bedhead right
2: mm-hmm.
0: um her i want to say her the the blouse part of her dress is buttoned in the wrong order
1: yeah <laughs> like it's, it's very, clear very hurried. What's happened. yeah <laughs> hurried and disheveled which is fine we're not shaming that it's just hilarious that she would take this person uh and like entrust her child with him. yeah, uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, that's the funny part. It's not that that she went on a date and got laid. Like that's mm-hmm. that's that's fine. That's what people do. That's that's an adult thing to do. It's the fact that she entrusted this genuine stranger whose pool she was swimming in to watch mm-hmm. her child. After upon the introduction, he disappeared with her child in another room, flushed a toilet, mm-hmm. and then there, her kid is crying. Yeah, like just the the. <laughs> Terrible she knows nothing character.
1: about this man. Like, she, I no. don't even think she knows that he's a, a writer or anything like that. Um, she just knows nothing about him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And he gets to, he takes her son a bath. Like, <laughs> just, which is fine. I mean, because ultimately, you, you get to know his motives by his actions. Yeah. Because, like, he tries to save the kid, you know, because a situation comes where the house obviously tries to re- Uh, take you know a child away from him re-traumatize him basically
0: yeah Um, because and and that's that's the 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 thrust of the movie is that his this house has taken his son mm -hmm.
1: um which is real horror like uh even before like i was uh uh you know an adult and had a child myself the situation because upon initially watching this movie even as as a young person as a kid um you're not quite sure what's true. Uh, like which direction is the true direction? Like, did he really lose his kid, uh, in like the pool or were they like taken away in that car that sped away? Well, that was a really well done
0: shot. I thought Mm -hmm. like in in that flashback where he's like cutting, Mm. he's, he's like pruning trees or whatever. Uh And, and the kid like, um, is talking to him and then is very quiet and mm-hmm. he's just like pruning and then he looks over and the kid's gone and the toys are there and he runs to the front yard and this car has sped away. Yeah. They had nothing to do with it. It turns mm-hmm. out, it turns out yeah. the house actually took the kid, but it's like, okay, wait. So did they take the, Oh, Oh no. He sees yeah. him in the pool and he's drowning. Oh wait, yeah. he's not in the pool. What the fuck?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love that
0: blurred line there. That uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a really interestingly done scene. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I, I don't think we we ever said that while we were reviewing the D and D movie. I'm just gonna, gonna stick that <laughs> stick that in there real quick. <laughs> Old um, wounds take a long time to heal. Um,
0: um th- now the flashbacks, I gotta say, are kind of dumb.
1: <laughs> they're great. You his, just talked about it was great.
0: So his, well, no, his his war flashbacks.
1: Oh um, no, those are fun those it's obviously a a stage
0: it's very obviously it's like ah yes um south vietnam you know the one with the rubber trees yeah (laughs) that's i don't think any of that look like none of it really looks like a jungle
1: (laughs) yeah what i love about it though is that um the house also you know later on recreates this environment yeah for him and it kind of it kind of makes sense, in the sense that like even the practical stuff or like the weird stuff, there's there's a little bit of um, like we're not really trying to fool you hundred percent here. Like yeah. we we know that you're gonna know that this is a shot. Like yeah. we're not trying to uh, get that past you. Like the um, the floating tools. You know, and they're very yeah. like <laughs> vibrational see, on wires yeah. kind of ability, and then uh, you know the the marlin that ends up like losing it and kind of yeah. moving around like it, it's waxy. Kind of, it's obviously not a live marlin; it's still yeah. that frozen thing moving. Yeah, um, and so it's kind of the that the badness of those scenes sort of blends in, and the fact that he's recollecting them, it almost feels like his bad memory. Like, his kind of, like, hazy kind of vision of it. Yeah. Um, so, I, I i feel like what I'm trying to say is that as far as the visual language of this film, it fits in with that. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, this is much more um, adept than it would seem. Yeah. Because, like, when you start watching it, if you're expecting horror, it, it yeah, it's very much not a horror movie.
1: No, um, no. I've never First,
0: seen the sequels. Um, apparently he comes back in like the third or fourth one.
1: I think it's the it's definitely the fourth one which I don't think I've seen. I've seen the second one and the second one is still kind of great but not as good. They oh. they lean more on the humor side. Um,
0: gotcha. Rather and than it's that, really that heavy. blurred line. Of, yeah. Kind of, is this funny? Is it not? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah
1: exactly so i think i will it, say it kind i like for that.
0: i like the um the the big ben ghost at the end his oh, he's uh, great. platoon mm-hmm. mate that which his his platoon mate um he like tries to bum a cigarette from him and he's got them packed in with this little snake to like mm-hmm. fuck with whoever asks for cigarettes but it's like yeah. wait so you just walk around with this this mess kit with a pack of cigarettes and a baby uh, snake
1: yeah yeah
0: he didn't have time to prep it
1: <laughs> no he's just like waiting
0: but it, 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 at the end his his coat his ghost version is very cool even though you can see like it's it's very off-putting how the character speaks yeah because it's a guy with his mat his mouth and chin blacked out Mm -hmm. speaking through a mask that's also wired to his jaw but it's not moving at the same rate that the words are coming out of his mouth yeah
1: (laughs) so perfect
0: which i would assume that given the foley of the movie that they they probably did some some vocal trickery with with the voice track before laying it down so it's probably just so that they could do lines back
1: and forth Mm -hmm. Um, yeah uh it's really great and the the little like drippiness not drippiness but like you can see like vestiges of like things sort of hanging. It's like yeah. kind of tattered. Yeah. Um, it's
0: a very visceral type of uh, prosthetic that they did with these ghosts. Like they all yeah. look kind of slimy and wet.
1: Yeah. With um, him, he's a, uh, he looks a little burnt and dry. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I, I meant
0: more like the, 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 Oh, the other stuff. Yeah. yeah there's yeah, definitely the like slime are, and are texture more slimy. And
1: yeah. Yeah. His wife and those little, those weird ass little kids. Um, but him from like his actual person to this thing, like he's just, he bulks up a bit and he's already a big dude. Yeah. You know, like visually imposing, but he bulks up even more and he just looks like, uh, like a roided out, you know, pulpy zombie from like the eighties, you know? Yeah. That's kind of like the feel. Um, so he's just really great. And yeah, I mean, he gets played, he gets played for laughs too. I mean, they had to, when he gets blown up like his eyes and then you see like his cartoon eyebrow and eyes kind of raise, mm-hmm.
2: um,
1: before he, you know, it sort of explodes. And, um, so yeah, you, uh, maybe next time I suggest this movie, I'll tell people it's a comedy. Uh, well, so, so they kind of know what they're going in for.
0: Well, and I don't think you ever told me a genre. I just, I did I, mm-hmm. I had assumed horror because of the Sean S Cunningham and the, the first person walkthrough. Was yeah. like, even like the cover i mean it's was, like a hand like, huh
1: even just like the cover of the the poster you know oh, for yeah, the movie no, it's, originally. It's, it's like a, it's
0: animated yeah. like it's a horror movie
1: because mm-hmm.
0: um, yep. the cover of this this one and uh when i was a kid like in mom and pop video shops this would um this would be on on the shelf um i think the visitor is another one and then um i think it's nightmare on elm street whichever one is the dream warriors like mm-hmm. those th- those movies box arts always freaked me out a little bit to walk by them and see them out of the corner of my
2: mm-hmm.
0: um so yeah like i think this this sells the movie a little bit better to to call it a, a comedy if you're recommending it to people um mm-hmm. i do i think it's funny at the end when he takes the grenade even though he's he's established yeah you can't hurt me and i can't hurt you or whatever mm-hmm. to the the um to the 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 ghost because they're a ghost they can't really hurt him he mm-hmm. still grabs a grenade and shoves it inside the guy's rib cage mm-hmm. grabs his kid and runs away and this house is on fire and inexplicably his ex-wife drives up right at that moment and he mm-hmm. comes out and he's got their kid and then it just freeze frames on his happy face it yeah. cuts to credits
1: <laughs> yeah it's almost as good as the ending of uh what is that other uh Romero film the one with the bicyclists or the uh motorcyclists that we saw
0: oh Night Riders
1: it's almost as good as the ending of Night Riders which is, <laughs> is an interesting movie I'll say definitely it was very interesting it's not a bad movie um yeah so the the thing with him too in regards to his wife like they play that earlier where like she shows up and he thinks he basically thinks he murdered her. Like the house tricked him into shooting like this huge, fat, gooey, very deliciously voluptuous cool. creature. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. If you could turn like a uh if you had a corpse um and you stuffed it full of like raisins and then you let it like gelatinize, yeah, that's probably what it would sort of look like um uh, beautiful though the, and the voice that they do the little squeaky voice is great as well um, well and
0: like watching this movie as an adult like there are definitely things that i would not have picked up on if i had watched it as a kid
2: like mm-hmm.
0: in the early part of the movie when he's speaking to his wife who is a uh she's a, like it's like a soap opera actor right yeah you know, she's like a dramatic, big okay yeah mm-hmm. so she's winning in this award but she calls him out of nowhere and he like acts like he's got the dudes over playing poker and like yeah. does that little trick with the stereo. But mm. I think it's funny that she's calling him from a payphone at the awards ceremony to tell him that she lost the <laughs> award yeah. she was up front for. While they're having the conversation, her co-star like keeps posing for photos with her while she's standing at this payphone.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like, as like, an adult, it's like, Dude, the biggest like... asshole yeah he's the biggest asshole <laughs> she's clearly having a conversation i know you yeah. have step in repeats for people to take photos yeah he's the
1: biggest photos. jerk yeah also she's just
0: lost like what the fuck yeah. are you doing
1: <laughs> Yep. and he's like corralling his hand around her to try to get her get her clothes for the shot yeah um yeah he's the biggest jerk in the movie um yeah so great i mean there's so much there's so much to love about this movie uh because i this is one i grew up watching
0: different they they don't um i guess that there there's not really room in hollywood for them to take like swings at movies like this because like this is still a movie that went to theater like uh where where was it um yeah, so when it came out, it played in over fourteen hundred theaters, and mm-hmm. it it was second in place in the bot in the North American box office. It was second in place to Pretty in Pink.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like that's how big this movie was on a relatively shoestring budget. Um, yeah, I I don't know like why there's not this room not the room in release schedules for movies like this anymore. Yeah. Um, part of it is probably, you know, the like thirst for blockbusters all the time and nothing but blockbusters. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know, like, I feel like maybe Blumhouse is the type of, stu- but they, they focus mainly on horror. They don't really do. Yeah. Comedy.
1: Blumhouse. Uh, I've noticed uh really um affectionately over time, how a 24 has sort of, Oh,
0: 1824,
1: yeah. Uh, They've ventured out of just like strictly horror and now they're trying to like tackle other um, subjects and kinds of stories and themes.
0: Wasn't Everything Everywhere All at Once like the most Mm -hmm. Oscar winningest movie? Yep. Yeah. Like ever in terms of the different ones that they (laughs) won.
1: Yeah. Uh, And then they have Bo is Afraid, um, which. I'm interested in seeing. I don't know if it's going to get me to the theater.
0: Uh, I'm not going to see that in theaters simply because it's a three and a half hour movie. I'm sorry. If I can't pause it to like go pee, <laughs> I'm not sitting for there for three. I am I am beyond the age where I will I am willing to do that.
1: He says willing, but it, it might be possible. Like yeah. it, the age where it's possible. He does say willing though. Well,
0: it's funny. Ari Aster has also, I think, I think I saw in an interview where he was, he was, uh, he called it his um, Jewish Lord of the Rings, which I don't <laughs> know what he means by that, other than that it's a I love, movie. It. Like, I love
1: it. I love it. Oh, it's, uh, the ep- the IMDb is an epic Kafkaesque odyssey back home. Yeah, I'm in love already.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's very well done. I like his other two movies. Yeah. Um, he he takes big swings and doesn't always connect in the same movie but um you know it seems like an interesting movie i'm just gonna not go to theaters to see it
1: yeah listen it's like not everything can be d- the original D movie all right you can't <laughs> you can't capture that lightning in the bottle all the no, time No, you know what
0: is and get uh, get is created. the the uh honor among thieves <laughs> i think oh, that the, deserves the an episode one. it's it's actually um it, it, it's actually like you e- e- taking off my nostalgia glasses like i have recognized that the original one is garbage and i love it for very specific reasons honor among thieves is legitimately a decent movie like it's it's fun it's engaging but we'll talk about that whenever
2: we cover it. Yeah. i'm sure
0: we'll cover that at some point for sure
2: <laughs> uh, I mean, I, uh,
0: but I'm back, to house. To, that. So, yeah, so back yeah, to house. So, yeah, the um, the the arena for this type of movie for for whatever reason um has shrunk, and I think that's unfortunate because it it is more enjoyable than I thought it would be in the first like twenty minutes or so of watching.
1: It. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think part of the difficulty too, because I th- I feel like the there's a certain por- portion of the our non-audience. So I'm imagining a bigger audience than we actually have. So there's a certain por- portion of our non-audience that um, their initial reaction to that, I think, would be, well, do you know how much stuff is coming out now that's, like, really great? Or, like, is does fill this kind of niche? Or, like, oh, they're doing something like this within, like, the independent film scene? Or, like, oh, here's, like, these 12 movies I know in the past three years that were really great and like small budget, et cetera. It, the problem now, at least I feel for me, uh, is that there's so much content and there's so many avenues and arenas for things yeah. that there isn't like, I'll just kind of bump into a film like this at the movie theater usually, because oh, a wow. film like this isn't made there anymore
2: Yeah,
1: uh, for that kind of release on that many screens. A film like this coming out now would be small budget. It'd yeah. be a small budget, you know, a Bloom House or some other, et cetera, uh, you know, production company, um, and someone having an idea to do something like this. And so it'd be like on a much smaller stage. So yeah. it wouldn't be like, I'll just bump into this, you know, like over the course of like growing up. Cause it's, it's one of the 10 horror movies they have that year, you know, at your video rental place. Yeah. Um, So I think that's we're we're glut for so many things being out there, but the biggest vehicle and channel to like release things out, push it right in front of your face, isn't dealing in this kind of stuff anymore.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, there are definitely interesting indie things being done. Like at some point, I don't know how, we'll structure it but i would love to do a uh, coverage of like the the gonzerific like horror films that get put out mm-hmm. um which by the way anyone listening if you're unfamiliar uh, just look up gonzorific athens georgia horror films um
1: yes you need that whole thing don't just look up gonzerific <clears throat>
0: yeah like i don't know if that will return any results or not like you'll probably get a lot of like like uh, hunter thompson stuff with that but um like there are people doing things like this but they're at like micro budget scale Mm -hmm. um like i really wish that there were more people that did wet creepy looking prosthetics and stuff like i want to know who did the prosthetics for this um
1: yeah normally uh, you'd look up like the wikipedia and they they'd talk about the good practical effects in this movie and then they'd list who did it because um, the kids i feel like the kids that show up those two little squishy kids those
0: are really creepy yeah they're so creepy they're and very s- off-putting so great
1: um so great uh again this, this movie's great in so many ways
0: and oh, oh, I also want to point out that this director did um, Friday the 13th, part two and three, Warlock. Um, oh, he did H20. Warlock two? Yeah, he did Halloween H2O, Lake Placid, uh, and the 08 Day of the Dead. Oh. So, yeah, like, Warlock. this guy does have, like, a horror background. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, I, I think it's the combination of being with the. With, uh, the, you know the, the guy that did the story by uh, fred decker because mm-hmm. all of his stuff seems to be very comedy based
2: yeah because like even... it's
0: unintentionally funny but there mm-hmm. are some funny scenes in robocop 3 as well
2: yeah mm-hmm.
0: um and like you can't tell me that when they were filming it they were like
1: yeah this is a
0: hundred percent i mean maybe they were because frank miller was on set but like <laughs> there are scenes in that movie that are funny and you can tell that they were written to be funny. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, um, you know, I think I've turned around on this movie when, from my initial watch of it, which was like, what the fuck, man, what is this? Well, what are we doing here? Yeah,
1: yeah exactly. <laughs> Cause if you're expecting horror, you're like, oh, that's really weird. That doesn't have, I'm not scared right now. That's (laughs) the thing. You're sitting there. You're like, that wasn't scary. No. No.
0: It's it's kind of the same vibe as um, Dead Alive.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like,
0: I think there are, I mean, that's way more horror than comedy, I think. But, like, they're both still funny by playing with these, like, hey, look at this bloated corpse. But look how its fingernails are all painted perfectly. Yeah.
1: No, no shade. I love this movie. Dead Alive is is a much more well crafted film in its own in its own way. Um, I was uh, talking to my wife, which I usually do too much with things I really like, and talking about why I like them so much as I'm watching them,
2: because um, I'm
1: just so engaged in trying to share that process,
2: yeah.
1: like the the camera and the panning and the low shots with Dead Alive and uh, the way the romance is played for comedy uh it's, it's beautiful it's it's an, that's a whole nother level of film but um like like you were saying there is sort of that same element of like playing with the humor and the horror aspect uh, yeah
0: yeah here's uh, this horrific thing and there's something slightly off-putting that makes you want to
1: chuckle yeah <laughs> speaking of warlock that's a movie i haven't seen since i was a small kid um but looking at the box office and the budgets, the budget was $15 million for Warlock. The box office was $9 million uh, on Wikipedia. But they had a sequel in 1989, a sequel in 1993, and then probably like a direct to VHS one, most likely, uh, in 1999. So even though it made less because you could still recoup things on like the back end for like rentals. I,
0: I was about to say. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's why, because if, if it made $10 million at the box office, well, you're two-thirds of getting your money back, and then mm-hmm. you, you go to rental stores, you go mm-hmm. to Blockbuster, and they order 200 copies per store. <clears throat> um, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> right? You make that money back real quick. It's 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 the, the secret of... Uh, who was it? It was Canon, Orion, Tristar um like there's a handful of production companies that realized this in the 80s mm-hmm. like when when people could rent like after that supreme court decision came out that said yeah no you can totally rent movies right mm-hmm. um that i think it was a supreme court it, th- there was some lawsuit involving people having home VHS players
2: um, yeah
0: or home Betamax players i, I forget which um one of them set precedent for the other, I think. Um, but, but yeah, no, like, like once that happened, you had a bunch of these little companies pop up and they're like, you know, back then they were like the asylum of our times Mm -hmm. where they're like, yeah, we're going to make this movie for two or $3 million, but we're going to get like 20 in Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs)
2: rentals.
1: Yeah. Um, it's hard to, uh, uh, with anything like this, there's always the argument of like, oh, you're just nostalgic for how something was with the things that you're familiar with, but like changes within industry, like this and an effect they have on, sort of the common viewer, I think is still is still a valid point to make.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, what's that like? A recent? Well,
0: it's also why like modern day movies, like when they have like two hundred million dollar budgets, but they make back. I don't let's take uh the Warcraft the yeah the Warcraft movie for example it made back like 4 or 500 million well people don't do rentals anymore
2: mm-hmm.
0: um so there's there's no way for them to make up that back end to cover up all the extra marketing cuz usually your marketing is like 50 to 75% on top of what your your shooting budget is mm mm-hmm. mhm and so without them being being able to recoup that money anyway it's like yeah it made twice its budget back but it's not worth it for us to do a second one.
1: yeah <laughs> which sounds
0: think... ridiculous and leads to these inflated budgets but yeah like with no rental chain it can't yeah, really make that... any money
1: <laughs> i've only seen stuff like this um occasionally um like And Netflix, I feel like because of their, con, the amount of content they have is more, yeah. it's more missed than hit. Like they, they were playing like a content game yeah. and then they're playing like, well, we can just, more content is good. So even if it's not great, if it's still there, it has value. So we'll make it anyways, <laughs> rather than like kind of carefully curate things. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure people there are trying, but it's like, they, they print money. And yeah. they offer people like the ability to create content because they want it. They're hungry trying to be the king of it. And so it leads to this, this sort of glut, but um, I was going to say a positive thing, like the um, watching a horror movie that kind of surprised me that had a little bit of uh, quite a bit of charm. Uh, at least for me was uh, the babysitter. In, oh, I um, love
0: that one And the sequel is actually pretty good.
1: The sequel is pretty good. It's, 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 it really feels like, and this could just be my, my problem of too high expectations. It feels sort of like they, they tried to recapture lightning in a bottle with the sequel and they couldn't quite get there, but like the ending I thought was really sweet. You know, it's like really touching of of the sequel. And then there's still really cool stuff about the sequel. Like it's not without merit. It's, they tried to up the ante in some ways and, um, uh, you know, surprise because they bring back some of these people that they they already killed the the first time. It really it yeah. feels like a repeat. You know, like you guys did really great. This already happened.
0: Well, it's a repeat so, in a way that like I can see that being the like like the intent for Mick G having, which still boggles my mind that Mick G did something good. But.
1: I know. I know.
0: But those, um, just because he's a grown man, going by Mick G.
1: Um, yeah, I didn't know that uh, he directed it till I saw the credits at the end. <laughs> I think, I, and then I saw his. I was like, "Whoa, you really surprised me with this one, man."
0: Yeah, um, he. Um. Yeah, like both of those movies, I think, are really good, and and they work together in the way that like an '80s horror comedy would.
1: Yeah, yeah, because they um, they they move direction like. They're not going to do the exact same thing because I feel like the sequel here for The Babysitter is even more comedic based. Like they're less self-serious about it. Yeah. Um, Because they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've seen this before. We're not going to try to like play it straight to you in any way. We think this is what delivered. We're going to give you this direction
0: yeah like and and that that was the thing that struck me because it, it took me a while to get to the sequel but watching it like you said it's it's a redo but it's not really because they're in like um out in the middle of the desert i forget i think they're in california right so that mm-hmm. there's there's like uh, boats figure prominently in it and it's like okay this seems like something i could see happening in an 80s movie like an 80s mm-hmm. horror movie yeah. of like oh no we just brought them back so they're yeah. a bigger threat now because they've already been dead <laughs>
1: yeah it's uh was really great um and, uh, and also the these first...
0: bizarre lists of coincidences that happen that tie the two protagonists together
2: <laughs>
1: yeah so they got uh robbie amel is max you know all the even the side characters are very well acted in the initial yeah. movie and it, we're going way far afield but um
0: i will say robbie amel's character in that is the funniest because he's trying to hype hype up the kid like mm-hmm. he, like there's a scene i think in the first one where the kid tries kicking him in the nuts and he's like he's like nah man you gotta go <laughs> You, you gotta aim differently or whatever he kicks him and then he's like yeah, yeah he's coaching yeah. him like he's
1: like coaching him, him yeah and it's so in order to do that really well for a scene like that they have to you have to feel that they're genuine yeah and you do he communicates like really genuine connection there yeah and then it's like back to well oh, I'm sorry kid i gotta kill you still you know yeah. um yeah And so you, uh, he gives him a head start. They're like, go mm -hmm. kill him. He's like,
0: nah, he's got ten second 10 second head start. I can catch up with him. I'm (laughs) quarterback. catch up
1: with him. (laughs) Yeah. And so there's like real authenticity to the character because they're, they're just playing it, you know, 100%. You know, yeah. They're not phoning it in. So that and, uh, like Happy Death Day was also another surprise. So that's just a state. You haven't seen Happy Death Day?
0: So what's the premise behind that one?
1: Uh, I feel like you probably suggested that damn movie to me. Um, yeah, basically, um, it's, uh, Oh, this is the one that
0: Scott Lobdell wrote. Yeah, no, I've seen this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's It's like Groundhog
0: Day day and Scream had a baby. Yeah, yeah.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And it was mostly, you know, Groundhog Day, um, I, yeah, it was more Groundhog maybe,
0: Day than Scream, but that's yeah, just because maybe, of the slasher stuff.
1: Yeah, maybe Scream meta. Six is, is any good. I don't know. Is it Scream Six or Five now?
0: I don't know. I, I heard that people got some fun out of five cream and then um mm-hmm. I don't know about Scream Six to be honest.
1: Yeah, I think they're they're they've been doing like a more self aware sort of thing. Like kind of going yeah, the first
0: that. two were really the only enjoyable ones in my opinion. The rest of them just kind of, it's like, okay, you've shifted away from the meta-commentary that we
1: we we started with. We we stopped doing the thinky-thinky stuff. Now we're going to bring the slashy-slashy stuff. Yeah.
0: Uh, Oh, and here's Jay and Silent Bob, by the way. Which, I like Kevin Smith and his characters. I don't know why Jay and Silent Bob were there, other than that Miramax owns both of those properties. Wow,
1: I need to go see that version of Scream. I haven't I don't think I've seen that one.
0: They're in uh it's in the third one.
1: Yeah. But that they're must have Hollywood. been a really long time.
0: They're yeah. they're on the set of um one of the stab movies being directed.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> of course, of course they are.
0: That, which I mean that's the level of, of meta commentary in the 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 second one where where they, they make the uh mm-hmm the biographical movie so yeah i think in the third one it's uh Tori spelling is actually in it um and yeah jay and silent bob are there as well
1: right, not for yeah. very
0: long but the, like they're they're clearly there <laughs>
1: we have to stop uh we have to stop we're going yes. way for a oh, um, field here so uh yeah yeah check about the movie?
0: Yeah, yeah check out good. house it's um it, it's no going in that it's a comedy and not a horror yeah it's it's making fun of horror movies from the eighties
1: it's 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 super effective um yeah. and it's got the uh the red lettering you know that we see now in stranger things at the beginning for the house um it does I think.
0: A, it, pretty similar font yeah 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 it's not quite the stephen King eighties thriller book Mm. i I think it's the the fire starter font
1: yeah Um, well they also had i imagine they didn't have the budget to do like the real pan in with the light you know that they do yeah yeah with that for like that practical effect they just had the budget to make it glow statically (laughs) three million dollars all right can we get that but the less expensive version
0: three million dollars like three million dollars went a long way because like i said they built on two sound stages both Mm -hmm. levels of this house Mm
2: -hmm.
0: um which makes sense now that i know that it's a con because like when he's walking through with the the realtor um Mm -hmm. he goes in and the series of turns he makes it makes no sense because it's like okay if you're looking at the house in front of you and he walks in he makes a right and he makes Mm -hmm. another right and he makes another right and mm-hmm. then they make a fourth right, which should put him going right, right. Mm-hmm. But then when it cuts to them going outside, they're on the left side of the house. <laughs> it's like, oh, I see where they stitched together the B roll now. Now that mm-hmm. I know that they built this on a soundstage and they they were just moving, they whoever was was coordinating the shots either did that on purpose to make it funny. If you were paying attention. Mm-hmm or just lost track of the shots of where they were walking. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's fine. I don't I don't really think the cat if you're looking at it from like a film perspective, you definitely would notice that. I don't think the average viewer is going to notice it
0: no i mean i i noticed it because that's one of the things that i was doing is i was just sitting there and watching them go through this house and they end up the opposite of where they should, <laughs> it should be based i on think i think
1: zach zach was talking earlier about like the the slowness of the movie which i really like slow movies if there's something for me to watch like occasionally yeah i, I find them really relaxing um like a lot of modern sim, cinema is a little too overstimulating sometimes yeah in, in some different ways. So slow movies kind of like they have a soothing effect. Like I watch movies like this or like the original Dawn of the dead. Yeah. Like I feel very relaxed and calmed by like the, the length of the shots. That one is a the
0: very w- relaxing movie. Weird.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> the length of the shots, like the way things transition. Um, they, they have sort of a, a calming quality for me. So what I, that's just to say that Zach was talking about how slow it was. And his brain that you know is needing like stimulation things to compute. It's just like, okay, let's turn on like cinematography shot panning <laughs> structure because <laughs> my brain is so non-stimulated, it needs to do something now.
0: <laughs> that is kind of what happened.
1: It, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> Zach turned the movie on Saw House. As soon as he saw the title, he's like, Let me get through the rest of the credits. And he started clicking the fast forward button. And he's like, No. What's going on? This is not no, I, working. I
0: had to sit there and watch it at 1X. I know. <laughs> I know.
1: And you're just like, what?
0: This is what um, happens when I watch a movie on 1X is that I notice they take five rights. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is how, this must be the secret to how he gets through content so quickly. He's watching most films at anywhere between 10 to 12X is uh, <laughs>
0: speed, speed reader, just reading those subtitles <laughs> as they <laughs> pop up
1: yep <laughs> perfect exactly well
0: um i think that should cover it for house right
1: mm-hmm. um so the book club book
0: is tokyo vice um so stewart and i will talk about that at some point um mm-hmm. and then i think let me pull up the schedule what is the next thing you and i are talking about mm-hmm. uh oh yeah resident evil welcome to raccoon city
1: uh yes that's is that that movie that just came out
0: yeah that's the one that just came out um okay okay i mean it came out like last year i think
1: we didn't Uh, talk about it already no i think we talked about it a little bit right
0: we uh in the resident evil grab bag we had but it had not come out to theaters at that point yet
1: okay okay
0: yeah it wasn't like on the streets (laughs) it was just a rumor of
1: you know what i think we did Uh, we we uh, we wasted good content and we talked about it personally between each other. I yeah. don't know what what we were thinking. Like our entire relationship <laughs> needs to be content, and yeah. every time we veer off from that, <laughs> we walk further away from God. Yeah, like, I'm I'm only keeping this friendship up so we can make content, Zach. So next time, let's not waste our loads in personal. Yeah. Text messages. Save it for the podcast. So Yeah,
0: save save that horror load for the podcast.
1: That means after once this podcast is done, Zach, I don't want you to talk to me. All right. Don't send me any messages. Don't send me nothing.
0: No sick fucking memes. No.
1: Everything we do is gonna be on this podcast. So by the time we get here, we're just shaking with anticipation to talk to each other. And we just can barely control ourselves because we hold that load in then we just (laughs) spray it all over each other the first time we meet
0: that's right kids go home and edge don't talk to your friends
1: yeah just (laughs) just shaking gotta let it out bye bye guys